0: This week for Parashat Mishpatim, Parashat Mishpatim is filled with so many different commandments, with so many paragraphs, tiny paragraphs, larger paragraphs, all the different commandments. This year we chose to discuss a specific paragraph in which we find a few mitzvahs, a few commandments, which seem non-related at all to each other, from not sacrificing to idol worshipping and until not mistreating a widow and an orphan. And we discussed the relationship between the different commandments.
1: Yeah, we saw how they are so deeply connected and how this is actually the opening to Torah team teaching us of how to treat the weaker and more vulnerable parts of society and how that's deeply connected to the concept of sacrificing to Avodah Zarah.
0: Exactly, and we also saw how this deeper understanding answers so many little questions in the psukim themselves. And more importantly, a super important message to our burning times today in society here in El Tisael. Hope you enjoy it, take a look. So this week Parashat Mishpatim, so many mitzvahs, so many commandments in this week's parsha. At a glance, it looks like a whole bunch of commandments just put together into the parsha. but when you start taking a look into the Pesukim themselves, you see that the parsha is built out of very small paragraphs. Sometimes a one passive paragraph, sometimes a few Pesukim paragraphs, but it's these little paragraphs that together make Parashat Mishpatim. And this week, what I want to discuss, the paragraph where it discusses a few commandments. First of all, the commandment of not sacrificing anything to Avod azara, to an idol, a very obvious ruling, a very obvious commandment, but from there, the next commandment right after, don't mistreat a ger. don't mistreat a Gentile that joined our nation, but not only a ger in that meaning, but also anyone who came from a different country, from a different land to your land, like Rashi emphasizes, gir is somebody who went from where they lived and came to where we are today, came to Eretz Yisrael, don't mistreat them, why? Because you were Gerim in Eretz Mitzrayim, because you were misplaced, you came to a different place in Mitzrayim, and then from there we go into the next commandment which is don't mistreat an almana and yatom a widow and an orphan and Rashi again emphasizes this is not necessarily a widow and an orphan this is anyone in society you shouldn't mistreat them however the Torah emphasizes a widow and an orphan because many times those are the ones to be mistreated because they are the weaker ones that don't have someone to protect them and don't have anybody to stand up for them and on this commandment HaKadosh Hu says that if you do so you will get punished now in parasha many times we find the punishment, which is a tit for tat. The famous one is, Ein ain, eye for an eye, hand for an hand, even though again, it's not literal. Like we know, the Torah never meant it to be literal, as Chazal teaches us. However, it's always a tit for tat. It's one for another. Every single crime will be dealt with, will be handled with something, which is more or less the same level of it. However, here with a widow and an orphan, we see what HaKadosh says, a person who mistreats a widow and an orphan, that person will die. Not only will die, but in a very harsh land, Get really mad, and not only that, then that person's wife will become a widow and his kids will become orphans. Sounds like it's the same level, sounds like it's a tit for that, but it's actually not. The person himself dies just for mistreating a widow and an orphan. So when looking at this paragraph at this pashiat as a whole, we have to ask three questions. First of all, what is this punishment by the widow and by the orphan? It's a totally non-proportional punishment in terms of what the person did. Second of all, we have to ask about the Gerim. Why does the Torah mention? that we were Gerim in Eretz time. What does it have to do with that? Just because we were Gerim, then we shouldn't mistreat Gerim? Why is that even relevant? But on top of all, the biggest question here we have to ask is, what's the relationship? What's the connection between the different commandments? How are these two social commandments of Gerim and an orphan and a widow even connected to the fact that you shouldn't bring any sacrifice to idol worshiping, do any Dazara? What exactly is going on in this paragraph? What are these commandments all about? Yeah, well, actually, even if you
1: just look at that first pasuk, it's hard to understand stand by itself. If you sacrifice for the gods or for the Elohim, then that's bad. But for God, it's good. We really need to say that as you said, meaning we know about not doing Avodah Zarah. What is this word? It's also called in a strange term, just La Elohim. Rashi has to explain to us that what Elohim we're talking about, we're talking about Avodah Zarah. Why not call them Elohim Achirim or the way it's called everywhere? And even if we are talking about Avodah Zarah, why are we bringing God into this. Say don't sacrifice for Avodah Zarah. But for God, yes. What I thought that because you're not sacrificing for Avodah Zarah, you you won't sacrifice for God. Where does that even come from? And of course, as you said, what does this have to do with the rest? But if we stop and look at the whole Parsha and actually look at all of Torah, we are about to introduce a new idea. A new idea where, thank God today, it's become more common and more accepted. But back then, it definitely and over many times throughout history, it wasn't accepted. And especially coming out of Egypt it wasn't accepted, is that we put the weak at the front, at the top. We treat them, we care for them, we see there's, those are the ones that we look at first. The Torah says this many times, but this is the first time it's about to say this. And maybe that's what this Pasuk is all about. It's not just talking about Avodah Zarah, it's talking general. Elohim in Hebrew means plural of El. El means power, means strength, means power. Avodah Zarah, idol worshipping in general, was based on looking at the things that have power and Idealizing them and sacrificing to them. I want the power of the sun. I want the power of the wind. And I see, I admire that power and I want it on my side. That's what idol worshiping was all about. It's looking for things of power, it's sacrificing to what has power. So I'm a part of that. The Torah is about to teach us a huge lesson. In Mitzrayim, you're used to power being at the top. You're used to idol worshiping all over the world, focusing on power. The Torah is going to teach you, don't Put the power at the front. Look at the weak. And that's exactly what Rashi tells us. He says, the almanan, the atom, don't torture them. You shouldn't torture anybody. But these are the ones that he says are tshushay are weak. And therefore, what? It's common to torture them. Why? Why is it common to torture them? Because it's easy. Because we admire power. We admire strength. We want to be like that. And those at the bottom, we throw them to the side. Tells us the Torah, this important message. If you're going to sacrifice to all that powers, you're going to be out. Out of the story la lashem levado there's one power in the world and notice the name used it's not Elohim when we're talking about God it's the name yudke vavke which represents midatarail there's one power in this world that when you admire it it's not going to teach you to admire power it's the exact opposite it's going to teach you to see the weak to see the ones at the bottom and that's what this whole parsha is telling you if you sacrifice to idols you're going to worship strength you're going to treat the weak in a negative way but if you serve God, God, you would try to imitate his ways. And what are his ways? Says the Pasuk. It doesn't just give us instructions about don't treat this, don't do that. As you said, don't mistreat a ger. Why? Ki gerim What does that have to do with it? And if you weren't gerim, you should? No, no, no. Hashem just took you out of Egypt. Who did Hashem bring to the top? Not Pharaoh. He brought you. You were the weak. And Hashem gave you all the attention. And He brought you in front of Harsina. You who were gerim. And He goes on. The Atom and the al And you know why you shouldn't treat them? You know what's going to happen if you don't Treat them, I'm listening to them. They're the first ones that I'm going to listen to. Right away, when they cry out, before I listen to you and all your troubles, I'm first going to listen to them. So the Torah is teaching us here not idol worshiping. When it says in Muhammad Har Sinai, it's not just a spiritual idea. At the end of the day, it comes to how you treat people. If you're Oveda Vodazara, if you're idealizing things and powers, you're not going to be able to see the weak. But if you serve God and you try to imitate His ways, then and just like he listens first to those who are in need, so will you. That's why these are all connected. And that's why this is sort of the opening to the further response that we have here and elsewhere in the Torah, teaching us about how to treat those who are poor, those who are weak,
0: etc. Exactly, exactly. Like you were saying, the connection between the different commandments is very clear. However, like we emphasize time and time again in our videos, that you have to make sure you don't get confused in today's world, in today's time, where people kind of take the Torah ideas and stretch them all the way and then fall off a cliff at some point because there's a limit to how much you can stretch it. The, the other side of the coin is true too. Meaning, if you take the caring for the weak and turn it into a power, and turn it into your power that you serve, that too will become idol worshipping. Meaning, the fact that you should care for the weak is also because HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded you. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded you 613 mitzvahs like Rashi tells us in this week's parasha at the end where HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him to bring the luchot. Rashi tells us HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him also. 613 mitzvahs over there. This is all part of the system. This is all part of the system because HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave it to us. Because we live in the world that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us. So it's part of it. And especially with these kind of mitzvahs, like you're saying, it is important to note that these are all part of the system. It's not a power for itself. Don't turn it into an idol worshipping of itself. It's not a goal for itself with anything else around it. As the main idea that you live by, it's all part of the system. A system that is meant to build a healthy and holy society to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world, in the land of El Tzitzel this is what it's all about. This is why it's right after Matan Torah. And also this might explain the whole punishment that we were saying by the widow and the orphan. As I was asking, it seems non-proportional that the person has to die and then they become a widow and orphans. And it totally breaks this format, this frame that we have throughout our Parsha. However, understanding what these took are by will make you look at it differently. Because maybe it's not about the punishment that the person will die and his wife will become a widow and his kids will become an orphan because what he did. No, it's an outcome of what he's doing. He, will die. And then what's the outcome? The outcome will be that his wife will be a widow. His kids will be orphans. And you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to be mistreated by someone else. And then that person's going to die. You know what's going to happen to his wife and kids? They're going to be mistreated. And what's happening is you're building this society. You're building this vicious circle in the world. A terrible society which slowly, slowly, slowly degrades itself. And slowly, slowly, slowly loses its real values. Loses its moral. And you will get to this place where everybody is mistreated. Not only a widow and orphans, but everyone will be mistreated. And you'll have a broken society, when nobody will care for each other, when nobody will want to be with each other, and then you won't have a society anymore. Then everything will fall apart. Maybe this is what the Torah is telling us here. It's not about the punishment of them being a widow and an orphan. It's about the fact that they will be a widow and an orphan, and then they will too will suffer, because that's the society you are building. And maybe, again, this is why the Torah mentions because this is what Egypt was about. Egypt was about mistreating people, about looking at people objects oh you need a hundred people to build something just take them and do with them whatever you want because you have humans on a higher level and you have humans on a lower level that you can mistreat and you can do with them whatever you want says the torah that in order to build a healthy society you have to take care of everybody you have to look at everybody you have to treat everybody the right way these are the foundations for the world as we know in the fact that you have to do chesed with each other the mission over there could have said we need Dora, of course. We need our relationship with Hashem, of course. And you also need rules for society. But that's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah doesn't say we need Mishpatim. We need rules for society like the beginning of this week's parasha. It says that we need Mirut Chassidim. We need the people in our society to care for each other, to do Chesed with each other. This is what you need in a society. This is how you build a society. You know, especially in these few weeks now, in these crazy times when we have these two sides to a huge argument, a valid argument that has to be held, that has to be done, and has to be taken care of. However, it's two sides of one nation, of Am Israel. And sometimes it's easier to attack and to mistreat the weaker ones. It's easier to attack and mistreat the other side because they are on the other side. Maybe this is what we have to take from this week's Parsha. The fact that yes, there are two sides and yes, there are arguments that should be held. And yes, there are discussions that should be held. But in the end of the day, it's a discussion between two sides. It's a discussion within one nation. And you have to make sure to treat the other side in a more cautious way than you would treat others because you have a tendency to mistreat them because they are on the other side. Treat them better, not because you will benefit from it, but because it's the right thing to do. Because that tendency, because that desire you have to mistreat them, Dafka over there, stop and treat them even better, especially during these times. Maybe this is the message that's most needed in this time.
1: Yes, so true. And you know, you started by talking about the Parsha and the many mitzvot sort of brought together. You know, our Parsha starts with the letter Vav. And Chazal teach us the Elea Mishpatim is coming to connect, to connect Matan Torah and Mishpatim together. and We see also this here in this little parsha where we bring together different types of mitzvot. Maybe all of this parsha is about bringing together different types of mitzvot, but not in a superficial way just saying, okay, there's an extra vav so they're all connected. No, it's saying that all these things are deeply connected. One leads to another. If you say, oh, I'll only be spiritual, then it all is connected. If you leave one, it'll affect the other. These aren't just a set of things you need to do. These are all part of one body. Of one system, of one whole that impact each other. Whether it's the social mitzvot, the spiritual mitzvot, the benadam le chavarot, the benadam le makom, it all builds, as you said, a healthy, holy society. And that's what we were brought out of Mitzrayim for. And that's the goal
0: we need to try and achieve. Exactly, exactly. Being parashat shkalim, Shabbat's Chodesh chodeshadaw, we have to mention also Purim coming up. You know, we'll be reading shkalim in parashat zachor. We read about amalad kol nech shalim acharecha. That's how our enemies attack us. They always start by attacking the weaker one on the edge of society. That's where our enemy can grab hold onto us and from there infiltrate into us into our nation and then split us apart from inside. We have to remember that the weaker corners of society, the places where it's harder for us to treat better because they are so much on the other side. That's where maybe we have to make a point. Tafka there to yes treat them better. You don't have to accept what they're saying. You should argue what you think is right. However, do it out of chesed. Do it out of understanding that you should be better and should do better. We're out of time. We'll have to end here. As usual, we'll just remind our viewers what we've discussed the past couple of years. Last year, we discussed the very famous phrase of Nasev and Ishmael. We were taught in the Midrash in kindergarten that it was said before Matan Torah. However, we find it in this week's Parsha way after Matan Torah, after Amisai got so many commandments. So, on the Pshat level, what is it doing over there? On the Pshat level, what does Nasev and Ishmael really mean? We'll link that video. We'll also link the video for two years ago, where we talked about a very interesting Pasuk we find in this week's Parsha A Pasuk that has two parts to it that seem non-related at all. be Bikuel Matcha, David, Beit, Hashem, Ukecha, the Mitzvah of connected to basar, di, You shouldn't cook milk and meat together And the interesting fact is That this exact same Pasuk word for word Appears in a few weeks time So obviously there is a very intrinsic connection Between these different Mitzvahs What is the connection? Also a super important message for our day and age In today's time too What we discussed over there We'll link that video too And as usual also If you enjoyed this video If you think this message is important Feel free to share it around with your friends Spread it around like the video, comment below for the YouTube's algorithm to share it around. And of course, if you haven't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider subscribing and help us grow the channel. And shkoyech yetsi. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom, we'll talk again next week.